What is up guys, it is Quinn here back with another video. And I think it was a week or two ago, I talked about some bounce back fantasy football players for the 2022 season. Today, I'm basically gonna be doing a part two of that video. So there are a few more players I didn't really get to talk about you know, in that first one. So we're gonna be talking about it today. So I think four guys who underperformed last year, you know, performed way under where they were drafted. And I think here in 2022, they can have some really solid bounce back seasons. While you guys are watching, if you're enjoying the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. All of that stuff really helps me out a lot. But let's just jump right into my first bounce back player. And we are going to be talking about Ezekiel Elliott. If you guys remember, he was a locked in first round pick in 2021. I really, really liked Zeke. Pretty sure I had him as my RB5. Definitely did not work out. He was the RB15 and half point PPR points per game. So if you're drafting someone like middle of the first round and they're finishing as RB15, that is definitely a pretty solid letdown. And actually like consensus rankings right now actually expects a similar or even worse finish for Ezekiel Elliott. So on underdog, he's going off the board as the RB16. In the fantasy pros consensus rankings, he's going off the board as the RB18. So personally, I love Zeke at this price. He's going in like the fourth round. I think this is great value here. Looking back at his 2021 season, he started off hot, averaged 19.1 PPR points per game through five games. That is high-end RB1 production. Then he partially tore his PCL, ended up playing through it, but was just not the same guy. From week six to week 18, he only averaged 13 PPR points per game. That is a big fall off, going from 19.1 to 13. This is the way I'm kind of looking at this situation. So say after week five, or I think he might've hurt in week four. You know, say after he partially tears that PCL, Zeke's like, all right, I'm gonna sit out. I'm gonna let this heal up. I'm not gonna tough it out. And he just misses either the rest of the season, misses a few games, comes back healthier. Like, I don't think we're looking at him as a fourth round pick. If he sits out the rest of the year, I think the latest he's picked in drafts is like the third round. I could even see him going as a, you know, top two round pick. So he's kind of getting dinged here for playing through an injury, when in reality, you know, him playing through that injury is definitely better than him just, you know, like missing the rest of the year, even though it kind of looks bad on his fantasy record because his points per game is not looking great. But heading into 2022, seems like he's healthy again. He's going to be locked in for some really solid volume on the ground. We know he's going to get that every year, but I also think he could actually see a jump in targets. He's been targeted at least 65 times over the last four years. So that's a really solid target floor. But then you're looking at these Cowboys pass catchers. They lose Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup's coming off that ACL. Seems like a long shot. He's ready to play week one. So I think Zeke could be an even bigger factor as a pass catcher. Even with a guy like Tony Pollard, who's also a really solid pass catcher, he's been taking some work out of the slot. So these guys could be on the field at the same time and not really like eating into each other's workloads like we may have originally thought. And then this could all be BS, but we've heard Mike McCarthy come out. He's talked about how great Zeke looks, how healthy he is. And if you guys have followed my channel for a while, you know I don't really care about the positive coach speak. Like if a coach comes out, it's like, wow, this guy looks amazing, whatever, looks like a different player. You can't really take that at face value because they don't really have any incentive to go out and just talk bad about a guy. So obviously they're going to try to hype everyone up. When you have a coach come out, say this guy looks out of shape this guy's struggling, then you probably want to believe it because there's not much incentive from them to say that when it's not true. 
So I typically listen to more negative stuff, but you know, the normal news we hear about Zeke in the off season is how overweight he is, how he hasn't been training, all this stuff, you know, it's always like a weight watcher thing here with Ezekiel Elliott. So I feel like it's at least okay that Mike McCarthy's saying he looks good. Maybe he's taking it a little bit more seriously. I know some people are going to be concerned with Tony Pollard, but personally, I'm in on both of these players at price. I talked about Tony Pollard as a low risk, high reward option. Looking back, like after the 2022 season, I would not be surprised if we saw Ezekiel Elliott finish as like a fringe RB1, and then you see Tony Pollard finish as like a mid to back end RB2 option. I feel like that is very, very possible. And I think Zeke is definitely going to outperform his ADP this season. The next player that I think will have a solid bounce back is Cortland Sutton. He was drafted as like a wide receiver three. So kind of in that like wide receiver 27, 28, 29 range heading into the 2021 season. Totally bombed. Finished as the wide receiver 63 in points per game. It seems like the fantasy community as a whole is buying back in here with Cortland Sutton. He's being drafted as like a back end wide receiver two. I think I'm still a little bit lower on Sutton than consensus, but I am someone who favors Cortland Sutton over Jerry Judy. I'm not trying to turn this into like a crap on Jerry Judy, you know, segment of the episode. If you guys have been watching my videos, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Jerry Judy for fantasy. Don't hate the player. Just don't love his price. But we're talking about Cortland Sutton here. And I think he has some very clear red and green flags. So starting off with the negative here, the red flags, he just didn't look like the same player last season. He struggled. He was the wide receiver 27 in 2019. Then he comes back and, you know, his next full season is the wide receiver 63. I think this can be explained because it is the first year back from that ACL tear. So you can't really expect him to be the exact same player, you know, in a pretty bad situation. The second red flag and arguably the more concerning one is that his production with Judy in the lineup was bad. So when Judy was healthy and playing, Cortland Sutton only averaged 5.7 half point PPR points per game. That is very, very low. Definitely not an ideal situation, but in my opinion, neither player was all that impressive. So I'm not taking a ton out of that stat. The reason why I'm buying back in here on Cortland Sutton over Jerry Judy is that he has already proved that he can be a stud NFL wide receiver. One thing that Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton have in common is that they have both had horrible QB situations, you know, to start off their career for Cortland Sutton, his entire career. You know, both these guys have played in their freshman and sophomore years in bad quarterback situations. The difference is we've kind of had to make excuses for Jerry Judy, why he hasn't performed up to a certain level. We just didn't have to do that with Cortland Sutton because I think people kind of forget in 2019, Sutton was a baller. Like this man was a legit solid wide receiver really took a solid sophomore breakout. So in 2019, his second year in the NFL, caught 72 passes for 1,112 yards and then six touchdowns. And he did that on a bad offense. The quarterbacks were Joe Flacco and Drew Locke. They were split in time, you know, each played a certain chunk of the season. This offense only averaged 212.6 passing yards per game. This was a horrible offense and Cortland Sutton still found a way to produce. He was seventh in target share in the NFL. He actually had the number one air yard share of all wide receivers. And then he was sixth in wide receiver dominator rating. So that's why I'm in on Cortland Sutton here. We know they get the massive upgrade at quarterback with Russell Wilson. We're finally going to get to see Sutton and Judy play, you know, with an elite NFL quarterback. But if I'm choosing between one, I'd rather go after the guy who has proven to me 
he can be a solid fantasy wide receiver, you know, without a great quarterback. I feel like that just gives him a little step up here. So even though I'm not like a massive fan of Sutton at price, because I do think there are some red flags there for him and Judy, I prefer him over Judy, but I also think he is going to bounce back from his pretty, you know, disappointing uh, 2021 season. Next up, we're going to be talking about another wide receiver, and that is a Chase Claypool. He was also drafted as like a wide receiver three in the 2021 season, finished as the wide receiver 39 in points per game. So it doesn't seem like a huge letdown if he was drafted as like a wide receiver three, but it definitely kind of felt that way, especially because he regressed from his rookie season, where he finished as the wide receiver 29 in points per game. After that nice rookie season and then an early season injury to Jerry Judy, it kind of seemed like this was the chance for Claypool to really go out there, ball out, you know, claim his spot as a top weapon on this offense. And it just didn't really come together. Like everything looked like it was lined up. He saw some slight improvement in the volume department, but nothing really that made you think he was taking a leap. But then the big fall off was in the touchdown numbers, went from 11 touchdowns as a rookie to only two last season. And right now, it kind of seems like people are leaving Claypool for dead. His ADP right now is the wide receiver 50. In my opinion, that is just too low. I think he's just a very talented weapon. Those touchdowns are bound to bounce back up. Do I think he's going to score 11 touchdowns? Probably not. But I mean, I think he's definitely going to improve from that 0.13 touchdowns per game that he had last season. I could see like eight, nine, you know, seven, eight, nine, kind of in that range. The Steelers did go out, add target competition, drafted George Pickens. But in my mind, I still think Claypool is going to be the number two option. Last year, Big Ben was probably like worst case scenario for Claypool. He couldn't push the ball down the field. Obviously, Claypool makes his money as a deep threat. He's a big play option. I know that Claypool is not always the easiest guy to root for. You know, he definitely had some boneheaded plays last season. The social media, I know people don't love that. But I do believe in the talent here, and I think he can bounce back. And wide receiver 50 for someone who, you know, popped out as much as he did as a rookie, I just think it's too low. Especially this could be a better quarterback situation. I'm not going to really say that Trubisky or Pickett are like amazing throwers of the ball down the field, but they really can't be any worse than Big Ben. So maybe it is a little bit of an upgrade there. But I do think Claypool will bounce back, and I think that wide receiver 50 ADP is definitely too low. And now on to the fourth and final player. It's going to be like a late round quarterback option, and that is Ryan Tannehill. He's probably more of like a best ball pick, maybe super flex or like a deep redraft league option. But right now he's going off the board as the quarterback 24. I know we had a disappointing 2021 season. I was actually surprised because he was someone I was kind of in on as like a late round QB option heading into last year. He was the QB 16 in points per game, so it wasn't great but it wasn't like he totally self-destructed. Like in deeper leagues, he was still definitely startable. And then when you just look back to his solid track record, 2019 and 2020, he was a legit impressive quarterback, averaged 22 points per game in 2019 when he was the starter, and then 21.5 points per game in 2020. Like that is like mid-tier QB1 production. So after one, you know, mid to high-end QB2 season, he's just being dropped all the way down to like a fringe QB2, QB3 play. It seems a little weird. I know that it hurts losing AJ Brown, but am I like not crazy here for thinking the weapons didn't take like a massive hit? Obviously, you lose your stud wide receiver. You also lose Julio Jones, but I mean, he legit did nothing, was hurt the entire year, totally fell off. So that's not even really a loss in my opinion. 
you bring in Traylon Burks and Robert Woods. I know Burks has had pretty bad reports out of camp. Cardio doesn't seem to be there. It's something that you don't love to hear, but I'm not like overly concerned this early on in the offseason. And then you do have Robert Woods coming off an ACL. But I mean, if Woods gets back, Burks is even like decent as a rookie. Like this is not a horrible wide receiver room. And it's not like Tannehill's a guy who's producing through high volume. Like he is not a high volume passer. He relies on efficiency, touchdown upside, and then kind of an underrated rushing usage. I think there's this kind of weird thing going on also. He didn't really handle the Malik Willis thing super well. People may be kind of souring on him because of that. But I still think Tannehill's a starter, at least for this year. This is obviously redraft, so we just have to focus on this season. If Willis is the guy, it's going to be in like year two, year three. Not something we have to worry about now. But I mean, if Burks hits, if Woods is even like 80% of the player he was with the Rams, like I would not be surprised to see Tannehill finish as like QB 13, QB 12. I think that is totally in the range of outcomes here. You have Derrick Henry back. He obviously kind of balances out this offense or just makes it super run heavy. But we've seen Tannehill succeed in this style of offense. So I do like Tannehill as a late round option. QB 24 is just way too late in my mind. So I think Tannehill will bounce back this season. But those are the four guys, Ezekiel Elliott, Cortland Sutton, Chase Claypool, and then Ryan Tannehill. Let me know what you guys think about those players down below in the comment section. Thank you for stopping by and I'll see you guys in the next one.